0: So here I am with the incomparable Vanjie Gunn. Um, Hello. Yeah, Vanjie, Vanjie is, if you don't know her already, she's as professional as professional gets. Um, you just, you really are to me, you know, the epitome of a professional singer in every way. Uh, you are a session singer, singer-songwriter, yep. performer, mm-hmm. voiceover artist, a teacher yep. as well. Mm-hmm. Um your beginnings, uh, your vocal studies started at UCLA, right? Yeah. Yes. And then you moved on to Asusa Pacific university. You yep. just got your MBA from Berkeley school of music.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: your, your resume and your history of gigs kind of goes on and on. So Uh-oh. I just want to tell everybody, I'm, I'm going to give some highlights here, but okay this is just the tip of the iceberg i mean these are very very cool gigs but um it's i'm not even mentioning hardly you know a fraction of them i'm sure but you've been a featured singer on um, jimmy kimmel uh Mm -hmm. you are a featured soloist with the gordon goodwin's big fat band Mm -hmm. and you've been featured with disney on cbs uh fox shows like american dad and family guy Yeah. Movies like A Bug's Life, Happy Feet, Evan Almighty, Bruce Almighty, Mm -hmm. Despicable Me, Star Wars, Rogue One, Spider-Man Homecoming. You have um, worked with artists like Justin Timberlake, you're even heard in the gaming community, uh, World <laughs> of Warcraft, Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so cool, it's so cool. Uh, but you're you and you do so much more. You're um you're just an incredible um, mentor to uh, singers. You have some young singing groups. Um, so we're just gonna jump in and get you know to as much of it as you, we can. But tell me, what have you been up to lately?
1: Okay. Hey everybody. How you doing? Welcome. And this is an amazing uh, outlet and platform for us to talk about how to keep on going no matter what. So I'm going to fix this a little bit. Okay. There we go. Um, Well, I got to be honest, before quarantine, I was so crazy busy Mm -hmm. that I was doing um, like 12 to 14 hour or even longer days to the point where I'd be up and out by 7.30 in the morning and then I wouldn't get back home until 11.30 at night and you know, just doing it again every day. And that went with teaching, driving, of course, and um, sessions, uh, live gigs, all of it. And it was getting to the point where I was actually so stressed and so tired and so wrought that it was really affecting my voice, which mm-hmm. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, And so I kind of cried about it about literally about four days before we got into lockdown. And I said, I, I have to stop this. I'm doing too much and, you know, kind of freaking out. And then um, four days later, everything got taken away. Mm -hmm. And so I've had a mixed view of it. Part of it has been wonderful for me um, to reteach me that Uh, my value isn't in my crazy busyness. My value is in me and in my heart and character and love for others and empathy and um, building relationships. And then um, the other part of me is music, (laughs) you know? So that's been really wonderful catching up on sleep and actually healing my vocal cords because of getting rid of stress. Um, Of really sitting back and evaluating what do I really need to do in my life you know well I need to earn a living okay but what do I need why do I have to do everything you know so that's been great and then extra time with my kids which has been wonderful and um, so that I've left now on the flip side every single gig and session and everything just disappearing has been shaking you know um the biggest one for me there well there's two big huge ones that went away and so this is kind of the part of this conversation um is i work for disneyland and i teach vocal workshops there and from february to june is our busy crazy amazing season which we make a decent living and have fun and we i work with uh, middle school and high school choirs for 90 minutes and teach them songs we record it it's an incredible experience well those just in one day i had 13 on the book books and in one day they were all gone oh <laughs> you know God. so oh that was pretty huge for me not only because financially but also i just i love that job so much it's so rewarding and so fun so that was hard oh um uh the second thing that was really hard was I was scheduled to sing at the Playboy Jazz Festival with Gordon Goodwin's Big Fat Band Mm. last Sunday Mm. (laughs) on June 7th. Yeah. And so um, as quarantine was rolling, I kept thinking, we'll open up before then. We'll open up. Everything's going to be fine. You know, and then, (laughs) you know, about mid-May, I'm like, we're still going to be fine. It's still going to be fine. They're going to have this
0: cleared up in no time.
1: I mean, we'll (laughs) social distance at the Hollywood Bowl. I don't care. You know, so. And so about mid-May, we got the call, and I was just like, ah, you're kidding me, you know, because that would have been my first time uh, singing as a soloist on the Hollywood Bowl. But you know what? In the grand scheme of things, it's okay. And other things will happen, and I know that. Um, So for the most part, I have been really loving this time. I've been writing music more than ever. Mm -hmm. I've gotten back to practicing piano, which I'm a decent player, but now I'm getting back into my hand and exercises and my classical music and jazz. I've exercised more than ever. Um, I'm eating great. I'm cooking. If people know me, my friends watching me, I'm actually cooking. (laughs) They're like, -uh, (laughs) nah, I am. (laughs) And gardening. I mean, come on. And um, just Learning to slow down. And so the big thing for me right now is deciding as things are starting to slowly open back up. All right, how do I keep myself stress free Mm -hmm. and yet continue to um, improve my career in the music industry, which stress-free and music industry <laughs> do not coincide, you know? Right. So anyway, that's it. That kind of was a big, long one, but yeah. I've, I've really enjoyed the, the forced reset.
0: Yeah. Let's put it that
1: way. Yeah.
0: yeah. How me about you? Too. <laughs> uh, me too. Yeah. And I, I, I totally um, agree and feel the same way that you do where it really, um, it, because you're kind of just forced to stop it makes you realize, Mm -hmm. you know, okay, this is something, these activities in my life are all these things that I pursue so hard all the time that you think you couldn't live without. And then all of a sudden you realize you, you are doing fine without, um, it does, it takes, uh, it puts them in perspective, but I think it, It it, it also takes this pressure off of them where, um, my hope is that the change that carries through for me is that, the things still matter to me, obviously. Yes, you know it still yes. matters, but yes. I think it's going to matter in a different way, where it right. won't be that identity defining thing anymore. Right, it, it can be it's a, a new iteration of what it was before. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: beautifully stated. Good yeah. job. I
0: think, I think it'll make it more, I hope it'll make it more meaningful, you know?
1: Oh, absolutely. Plus I think because things are opening up so slowly, Mm -hmm. um, that when we finally get to do some things, um, it will just, it'll be emotional for all of us and valuable. And all of a sudden we'll realize how precious each event is instead of months ago where we're just going to gig, to gig, to gig, to gig. Because that's what we have to do, and we got to get there, and we're uh, tired, and try to fix up, and love it. But it also becomes a little bit of our tasks. Yes, it does. You know, rather than truly, it's it's my passion. It's a part of who I am. I mean, music. Mm -hmm. I always say this is like a limb. You know, for me, it's not just a thing that I do. It is my innermost being. Mm-hmm. and so uh to, to again get this reset and to get back into where what's the core of it anymore and yeah. for me it's not only singing it's songwriting and it's also teaching mm-hmm. and imparting that love and knowledge to find um the truth of music which helps find who you are too it's it's pretty deep <laughs>
0: yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. I, I I think that's a great point in something that, you know, I also hope we'll carry over too is always kind of having that perspective when you are on just a gig, you know, whether it's right we, we do, we get into that space where like, oh, this is just a another, you know, this or that. But but imagine if we were um in that mindset of like, well, this this could be the last one for right? a while or I, I hate to ever say ever but uh right. you know but to look at it that way and just to think of like um how much that'll change the the energy and the quality that you know we pour into each one and uh yeah. you know hopefully make it better.
1: It's true. <laughs> so. We did um with I I tour with Gordon Goodwin's Big Fat Band and there's a smaller version called the Little Fat Band. Mm-hmm. And um a couple weeks ago we did a stay-at-home concert for a radio station called K-Jazz. Uh-huh. And so what we did is we went into a studio about three weeks ago when things were kind of opening up a little bit. And we had our uh, drummer and our percussionist six feet apart in one room. We had our bass player locked away in a second room. Gordon was on the piano in a side room, and I was in the booth with the engineer Six feet apart mm-hmm. and so we recorded our concert all with our iPhones and um, then all of our um, horn players did theirs at home and then uh, we put the video together and Gordon um, edited it and created the concert mm-hmm. and just that little bit that we were kind of together I mean we weren't really together we were kind of together uh, lifted my heart and spirit so much that I was kind of bouncing off the walls for a couple of days. And it made me realize I, I really miss, first of all, just interaction. I'm a major extrovert here, you know, but, um, but also doing music live with the people I love. Mm -hmm. So what you just said is true. All of a sudden the value of that, even where it wasn't a a real um, audience gig, it was still a controlled situation. And I still, it still filled my heart, which was amazing.
0: Yeah. I've I've <laughs> thought a couple of times and asked a couple um, other people that I've talked to the same thing where, you know, as performers, we kind of have this consistent rush of adrenaline or, you know, this, uh, yeah. the uh, <laughs> activating our vagus nerve, you know, so often and really getting that right. um, feeling. And, and it becomes, I think normal to our bodies and I wonder what that does to us physically just shutting that off and then returning back to it you know I mean yeah I've been singing and everything but not with any adrenaline or anything right (laughs) Right. I wonder what that performance says yeah yeah,
1: I know well I mean I feel like I got a little touch of it a few weeks ago when we did this other concert and let me tell you you're gonna be like "Ah!" ha when you get to finally do it yeah. yeah. And you're not going to be able to sleep. So just mm-hmm. plan to clean house or something when you get home. <laughs> yeah. Oh
0: my gosh. yeah. Yeah. I yeah. can't wait. I can't I wait. Know. Yeah.
1: I know. And you're, you're so great at it. All your stuff is amazing. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see you guys get back rolling too.
0: Thank you. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, you know, you've had this incredible career and just, um, I wonder if you can kind of talk a little bit about um, where you started out and if oh um, if this is what you <laughs> had in mind from the beginning or kind of maybe where some of the twists and turns came for you. Okay.
1: Well, I am one of those lucky ones. I knew what I wanted to do at a young age. Um, I started out as a preacher's kid, and my dad was a preacher. My mom was the music minister. And so when I was about three years old, they could, they saw that I could sing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my first place to sing was at church. I stood up on stage, and I was scared, little four-year-old, and I sang Jesus Loves Me, <laughs> like everybody I know, four years old, sheesh. and um, it, it just, the bug got me, and so, through my life, I sang with my parents. In fact, when I was about seven years old, my brother and I, and my mom and dad, uh, my dad sold everything, bought a motor home, and we went on the road. and we were I know we were the traveling travel let's try that again traveling evangelistic family so my dad would preach and my mom and I would sing my brother would sing a little bit my dad would sing a little bit so we did that for a year where we lived in a (laughs) motorhome it was great it taught me a lot but after about a year all of us were like we're done Mm -hmm. you know so uh, we stopped in California and then I just I kept singing through the years and um, never really got into the session world as a kid. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have the connections at that time, but uh, performed live live a lot and always at school and then went to UCLA, uh, Zusa Pacific. And then after I graduated from college, I started, I, I got connected with some uh, recording sessions and it started out in the gospel world and then met the right people. And it was just, um, it took Oh, I'd say a solid six years before I felt like I was really starting to meet the right people. You know, you meet mm-hmm. one person and from that one person, if they like you, then they'll refer you. And then from there, and you know, and then it just kind of webs out. Um, but it took a little while for me, uh, but I felt like I was kind of rocking and rolling in my mid thirties or so. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's been amazing. It's been hard. It's, you got to be cut out for it. You got to the constant kind of hustle or always looking for the next gig. You can never just settle down and go, all right, I'm good. Well, no, (laughs) that money's going to run out. So I need something else, you know, Mm -hmm. but um, I was, I was cut out for this and I love it. I love the relationships and the excitement of walking into a session and not knowing the music and they just put the music in front of you. Mm-hmm. and having to sight read it and make sure you get the right vocal t- timbre and um style and if i'm supposed to blend or if i'm supposed to stick out and um it's it's a blast yeah. and uh let's see what else did you say
0: well i mean i just oh, it, i think yeah, that's, that's a great yeah. answer <laughs> you know talking about where you gotten it. it made me think that um and i'm i'm sure that you have experienced this too um talking to Uh, younger singers who, you know, want to do what you do. Um, and I think there's advantages and disadvantages to, you know, being young in this day and age, because I think with technology, there, there are a lot of new opportunities that may not have been available, you know, years ago or whatever. Um, but because we're a very, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for where things come quickly, you know? Yeah. Like instant gratification, Instant gratification. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We don't I wait think, for anything. <laughs> no. And I, I think yeah. the, um, that a lot of singers don't realize that to have a career like you've had the time that's been invested, the experience and the yes. work that you've poured into it, not only that you're, education level the training that you've taken um Mm -hmm. because someone like you in a a studio you get called so often for these major gigs because of your skill level which isn't that common, you know, yeah. so what do you, when, when you're working with young singers at Disney or, you know, right. others that you train, um, what is your advice on how they. Um,
1: Great question. Yeah.
0: And,
1: and I, I get asked that question a lot and they mm-hmm. say, so what do I do to really get my career to go? Mm-hmm. And I say, go to college. Yeah. And they're like, what, you know, they're no. kind of taken aback. And I said, yeah, <laughs> you get yourself to college, you hone your skills. And if you're a singer, you better learn how to read music and read rhythms. I said, we singers perpetuate the perception that we are not musicians. Mm -hmm. And I go, it's ridiculous. So you get yourself in there and you learn to sight read. Well, what if I never get good at it? I don't care if you are like uh, the greatest, sight reader ever, I want you to be proficient. Mm-hmm. I want you to understand these, these notes, you know, where's middle C and how to, move, you know, and I do a little quick lesson, I go, see this note? Okay, what, which direction does this note go up? I go, which way do you think your voice goes up? And I go, oh, now you read music, you know? So I go, now there's more to it, but right. get to it, get into that. Yeah. And uh, then I tell them, if this is your passion, And this is what you want to do. And I go, you have to do it. And then I stop and I go, but it's super hard, Mm -hmm. but it's awesome, Mm -hmm. but it's super difficult. You know, so I go back and forth and finally it starts to sink in. And then I say, and lastly, lastly, you guys, again, no matter what you do, if you're going to be a fireman, a doctor, a teacher, a musician, um, anything you choose in life, do not take no for an answer. I said, how many times do you think a wall has come up in my life? And, and Danielle, it still does all the time. Yeah. And so I look at that wall and I think, okay, am I going to climb over it? Am I going to climb under it? Am I going to find the other side? I go, I never let that wall stop me. And I had one girl at one of my uh, workshops say, or you be Captain America and you power through it. And I said, yeah. oh, I like that. Yes, you know? yes. So that's the thing. If you, whatever your passion is, again, it doesn't have to just be music, mm-hmm. but whatever it is, you go all the way. Mm-hmm. And you, life's gonna hit you, man. I could just sit back and tell you about some of my crazy life stuff in the last few years, okay? And yet, who am I? Am I gonna still go? Am I gonna still empower you, you know? And Mighty Untouchables and my kids and my students or am I going to sit back and go, oh, life has been hard and not scared. you know, nuh-uh. it's all about your mindset. So anyway, that's what I try to impart to students is don't quit, go to college, hone your education and don't quit. Yeah. <laughs> so just keep going.
0: It's great. It's great advice because as you well know, being a great singer, is, it's not Good enough. Oh, Unfortunately, you know you can yeah. be the best, um, right. and you know don't be fooled that you can be the best f- singer and then launch your career on the Voice or American Idol or something oh, like no. that. Because yeah. believe me, those singers that are going all the way on that, there's a lot more behind that that you, than oh, you realize. <laughs>
1: let me tell you, <laughs> I yeah. sang uh, backups on the Voice several years ago for one of the contestants. And it was a blast, but I remember I stood back and I watched what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I, at the time, my kid, my own personal kids, were younger, and I was like, "They will never go on this show, not ever." Oops, should I even say that? I don't know. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I love the boys. Good job. <laughs> Thank you for hiring me. You know, yeah. but it's there's a whole lot more politics going on than you yeah. see. Plus it's an entertainment show. So they got to keep it entertaining. You know? Yeah. So.
0: But it still enforces the point that singing's not enough when no. you, you know, when no, no, no. you do uh, have the singing, have the, the education, but then when you also have the business acumen and you can navigate your way through um, politics and business, and you right. may find yourself at an advantage in, if, in a situation like that, if you can, right business your way through it sometimes, right. You know, learning, um, learning those skills, learning the soft skills of life, learning to be somebody that people like to be around. Yeah. And, um, that can be, (laughs) you know, have great work ethic. Um, you know, there, you haven't gotten where you've gotten because, um, you know, you're a jerk to be around. I mean, people no. like you and enjoy working with Thank you. So, that well, group, I've had my, anyway, you know, fair
1: share of stuff, which well, yeah, let's not talk about that.
0: We're not, we're not everyone's <laughs> bag all the time. <laughs> right,
1: let me tell you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, I know that your, your advice is totally accurate and you have um, four of your own kids to prove yeah. it because you've raised up four monster singers of your own. Let me tell
1: you, man. <laughs> you know, partly it's genetic. Their dad has an amazing voice yes, too. Yes. So it is it's partly genetic. But um also, I mean, since they were little tiny kids, I'd go, oh no, no, no. Go, ha, lift the palate or, or calm down, quit yelling, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All the voice teachery things to say to make sure they kept those voices on track.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> now how how did you um I'm curious about this for selfish reasons, because I have two little ones, six and seven, and they love to sing. They love to dance. um, They love to sit at the piano and everything, but they want nothing to do with me being involved (laughs) in it. And I have, you know, we've talked about, you know, taking lessons and doing stuff like that. And they're like, I'm already know what I'm doing, you know, Mm. which is fine. I always want this to be a, you know, a positive for them. At the same time though, I recognize that, you know, if you do ever want to go anywhere with it, there does have to be a certain level of Mm -hmm. discipline and commitment to it. So how did you encourage your kids to get serious about it? Well,
1: it's tough. I will tell you that (laughs) Uh, here and there. Yeah. Sometimes it would be, I'd be extra strict and make sure they sat at the piano and then a few months would go by and we flacked off. So, Mm -hmm. you know, um, my older daughter's, took it somewhat seriously, but took it really seriously once they went to college. Okay. And they were like, oh. And so then they told my younger kids, take it seriously because once you get to college, it's too late. Well, yeah, you know, so my younger two are doing well, uh, better. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, I'll tell you something, just get a different piano teacher for your boys. It's way better to have someone else be cracking the whip on them. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Just make them practice,
0: you know? Yeah. I think it's, I think it's going to come to that.
1: <laughs> I, I, it's probably, it's like dentist kids' teeth aren't the best. I don't know. No, sorry. I don't know if they are, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, we musicians tend to not enforce it because we're busy keeping our lives going, but it's really important. So pulling somebody else in mm-hmm. to help make that happen, I think is important. Yeah. Um, but then they'll thank, they'll thank you for it later. Let me tell yeah. you, they really will. So, so. you should yeah. do it.
0: <laughs> Neither of my parents were musicians. My grandmother okay. was, but she wasn't, you know, with me all the time. And so they um, they knew that I had this interest level in it, but they didn't, I don't think they had enough experience in it to know how hard you really need to. Oh, yeah. Discipline. Yeah. If I wanted the lessons, they'd provide them, but it really had to be, you know, on my terms. So, you know, looking back, I I sometimes wish I did have, I I wish I had had, you know, more of that push. Um, But because I wasn't raised that way, I kind of have a hard time doing it with my own kids. Right. I'm trying to, you know, get somewhere with it. But
1: yeah, well, it's a rare kid that has that inner drive to want to study and to want to practice there are those out there and they're the virtuosos like uh jacob collier and a handful of others i call them the mozarts right but most kids even with an inborn talent need structure and need their parents to kind of force them Mm -hmm. especially these days with phones and games and ipads and just the way our society is it doesn't um lead towards a structured practice life you know so you as mom you're gonna if if it's important you have to crack down on it you know and I'm still doing it I mean Levi's 17 and Aria's 14 and Aria is brilliant on the piano I gave her the Turca from Mozart and she learned two sections of it in a couple hours and at first when I told her you're learning this she's like eh I go come on you know, so I sat her down, I, I played it a little bit. And so I said, all right, you're on your own. And I left to go do something and I came back and she was like, and I was like, oh, you know, so, um, That's amazing. you know, but it was because I finally said sit down and practice anyway. So, yeah. and I, it's, it's on and off with me as well. You know, there's some days I'm like, Oh, forget it. You know? <laughs> so, you yeah. know, yeah, just do your best yeah. and, um, talk about the long term. I think that's the big thing. And that's what I do a lot with my teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, you want growth, you guys, but you don't want to put the work in. So yeah. you're not going to grow. Yeah. So let's talk about your goals. Let's talk about the long term. And then once you start to grasp that, then you're going to start to see the improvement. And then, oh, 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 and then some doors are going to open for you. So for my youngest daughter, her dream is to go to Berklee School of Music in Mm -hmm. Boston. And I said, thousands of singers apply there. I said, you need to be a singer who plays piano well, Mm -hmm. you know, so all of a sudden she went, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so now she's taken a little bit more seriously. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. Or you can just say you can have um, your any candy you want by Friday if you practice every day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like, it sounds like you have a pretty balanced technique, which I like to hear because it sounds (laughs) like, you know, you're, you're very disciplined with them, but at the same time, you know, you know, when it's time to like, just chill and, you know, break on it, Um, (laughs) which makes me wonder, you know, speaking of being busy, um, you do all the things you do session work, you are a performer, you are an instructor, um, you are a mother. Uh, I'm sure you have a personal life of your own at some time. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, how, how do you manage your time? What are some of your best practices kind of keeping you (laughs) grounded and organized and right. Right.
1: Well, you know, um, a big part of my life in the last three to four years has been to every day embrace, uh, gratefulness. Mm-hmm. Um, my name is Evangeline, actually, and Bangie's short for that. Um, and it means bringer of good news. Mm. And isn't that great? Yeah. And um as a teenager, I realized what that name meant and thought, okay, I wanna be that. Mm-hmm. So how do I do that? How do I be the bringer of good news? Well, you know, when you're younger, it's a little easier, and then as you get older, life starts to beat you up a little bit. So I remember um in my twenties deciding, okay. Every day, there's something to be grateful for every day. Mm -hmm. So at different points in my life, that's really been challenged as all of us, right? And so in these last like two to three years, I've really refocused on that. So that's part of it. So I wake up every day and, um, you know, I have a pretty strong faith basis. So I'll I'll, um, quote a scripture in my head, like, this is the day that the Lord has made or um, one of those verses just to kind of be like, all right. And so then I'll think about, you know, I am so blessed, the little things to live where I live. I am so fortunate to have a talent. I'm healthy. I eat good food. I have a car that starts, and I mean, just stuff like that. So that kind of gets you settled in. So that starts my day. And then I'll, um, you know, kind of look at what I have to do and in quarantine you know, I, I create my schedule. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. But, um, Part of it then is to uh, value kind of devotion meditation time and then um, to practice vocally or whatever and then to exercise and to eat right and make sure I keep on top of things that need to be handled so that when quarantine opens, it's not like kind of racing and catching up. I'm, I'm settling on each thing. And then focusing in, of course, on a daily basis with my kids making sure they're staying on top of their stuff. You know, I mean, all of us moms learn how to juggle all these plates at the same time and make sure they're spinning. But the biggest thing I've learned again, in the last few years, because I've gotten a little older, Mm -hmm. is um, I have to take care of me too. And that's been hard because again, as a mom, we give so much or as a, If you're empathetic, you give, 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 and you want to grow people. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, you can be neglecting yourself. So things like giving myself an hour to exercise or sit back and watch the Netflix show I want to watch or have a glass of wine or whatever, I allow myself to do. And vitamins. I take like 20 vitamins a day now. It's crazy. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I hope that answered it. I'm still figuring it out. There's no... It I sounds, mean, there's some day, you know, right.
0: That's yeah. Many of my days, but it sounds like you are, you really try to start your days with intention and you're yes. setting the stage yep. for the way you yeah. want things to go for yeah. the day. And you're setting yeah. it up with that gratitude and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that I, I have, um, that's something that this time has really done for me because you do, you kind of get into this like breakneck pace of life where um, you wake up and you're just like ready to like get on it and get everybody moving and everything. And right. before you know it, you know, the day's half over. Right. Um, so something that's really helped me um, slow down is uh, in the morning. I, um, the first thing I do is take my dog outside <laughs> to go to the bathroom Mark. and I um, <laughs> We, we live on this great property that's really beautiful and scenic and everything, but ordinarily I've not paid a lot of attention to it, but now I open the door, let her, you know, run around, do her thing. And I'm taking the time to actually open my eyes yeah. and look at the trees that are around yeah. me and look at yeah. the mountains that I can see. And it only takes a few seconds to stop and notice something like that to totally, set the stage in yeah. a different way for your whole day and um yeah. it seems, seems so simple but it is i guess you know?
1: it's no it's wonderful mm-hmm. that's the other thing i've gotten to do <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> through this time is take some hikes and walks mm-hmm. so same thing where you really see nature and especially with our pollution kind of lightening up in the last few months mm-hmm. it's been amazing our sky especially the night sky so I think that's great that you do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And speaking of um, taking care of yourself, I know that you're a runner and hiker, yeah. and obviously yeah. you're taking the vitamins and <laughs> yes, yes, yes. cooking for yourself, <laughs> like you said. Um, yes. How do you think that impacts you as a vocalist um, mm-hmm. and, and how you are vocally fit? And what would you tell singers now who are in this quarantine situation, how, mm-hmm. when you know, there's not a lot of live performing going on. So we kind of can neglect, you know, right. the actual exercising with right. everything. Right. What do you think is a good regimen for a singer right now to um, keep themselves, you know, with it?
1: Right. Great question. And this is something I talk about a lot and that I've been uh, practicing with myself regularly. Um, as a singer, you have to do some sort of vocal warmups every day. Mm-hmm. And I have a little program. Here's my little teaching plug. Um, I created a, an audio program and a video program of vocal exercises for um, warm ups as well as strengthening. But just even the bare minimum of eight to 10 minutes of making sure your vocal cords stay pliable and working them, keeping them uh, warmed up and uh, able to move. As well as uh, don't go overboard with alcohol and junk. You got to still stay healthy. Now, when um, my students ask me, well, are you saying I shouldn't do anything? I said, no, Mm -hmm. you need to do everything in moderation. So, for example, what I say is before I sing, I don't drink coffee. No -hmm. way. Coffee just dries me out, and maybe the creamer or something—all of that in there—it jacks me up. Right, I know you're like, bye, okay,
0: but meeting over. After, I
1: know you're like, you're out, woman. But after you sing, drink as much coffee as you want, yeah. you know. And that's just something for me. Um, the other thing is, I've had to watch. Um, well, I just even watch what I eat. I, I kind of in the mornings, let's say, like if you're leading worship or something at church, um, you—I would only have a little oatmeal. And tons of water and a little bit of tea, and then. But afterwards, anything, right? Um, you need to watch peppermint. You need to watch menthol that dries up and numbs your vocal cords in a way that you don't want. Yeah. Um, then again, I like a glass of wine, but big rule: I do not drink before or during singing. And um, you know, but afterwards, yeah, have have a couple glasses, whatever. Yeah. Um, but for me my vocal cords cords it's not just about oh i sing this is my livelihood yeah yeah this is what i do like you so i have to constantly be aware of how i'm talking so i don't talk down like this mm-hmm. and put a vocal fry right i'm keeping it lifted right and i think about where i'm placing it even as i speak i think about how i'm breathing I think about what i'm eating sleep stress but if you don't mind, I'm going to segue into the vocal tension thing that I discovered. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, a lot of us singers, as we get older, get the laryngeal tension. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard much about this. And it is a killer. In fact, I think most singers, when they get older, if they understood this, they would probably have more longevity in their voice mm-hmm. into their 80s. And so I discovered this about. Again, about three years ago, I was having some massive tension and stress in my life, and it felt like I had a, a nodule. Wow, That's, you know, singer's nightmare. And yeah. it, what would happen is my high range, I go, ah, uh, and it would stop. Well, I'm a high singer, you know, so I, I was freaking out. So I went into an awesome doctor. I will give her a plug, Rina Gupta. Go see her. <sighs> yes, She's I've heard that name, yeah. Best. Okay. Yeah. And she scoped me and she said, you don't have a nodule. Yeah. It looks like you have some vocal tension. She goes, are you going through stress in your life? And so I kind of talked to her about it and she goes, okay, you need to go get laryngeal massage. So I did within an hour, my high range was back. Mm. So I have done a ton of study on this. And every single day I give myself a specific laryngeal massage Mm. and my voice has been fine. So There are all kinds of things that happen in your life and into your body that you don't even realize, and this is why now I'm stressing so much about self-care, taking care of yourself Mm -hmm. as you get a little older, because if you're a piano player, then you're going to start feeling it in your wrists, right, or in your fingers, or in your arms or elbows. Athletes get it. Um, So as singers, we get this too, Mm -hmm. and it. Even the tension up in our shoulders and neck muscles, our back, our sides, ribs, everything affects this puppy. Yeah. So it's a whole big process, including stretching and the whole deal to help keep it healthy. So, yeah. anyway, that's kind of what I encourage you all to do eat right, everything in moderation, no drugs, mm-hmm. and um, stretch, check your vocal cords, speak well, don't laugh too hard, don't yell you know, all these things, if this matters to you, then that's what you'll do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I fully agree. And I know that the, the laryngeal massage is a, you know, not widely known, you know, unless you are working with, you know, a voice teacher or somebody who's familiar with that. But I know that um, earlier on in my career, when um, the pace I was working at was like a nightly thing and yeah it, it was such a like grueling pace of singing and singing hard all the time yeah. and you know I was scared of what I was potentially doing you know to my voice and it was just a really high pressure time for me so I did go to see somebody who specialized in that Good. it was uh, Martin Grusin here in um, San Diego he's passed at this point oh. but um, I had such a great experience with yeah. him and it was remarkable how yeah. just doing some manipulation from the mm-hmm. outside, how I could walk in there barely able to even talk and then leave yep. feeling strong and, and normal. Um, I feel like I've seen you mention um, somebody who specializes in that work.
1: Yes. Her name is Michelle Gordon. Okay. She, I have two people actually. Michelle Gordon is the one who's, who saved me um, and she's down in Tustin area. So everybody go to her. She's amazing. She's awesome. And then my second, I call her kind of my my body breathing vocal therapist. Her name was Crystal Barron. Okay, she's yeah. amazing. And um, she lives in L- Long Beach and she and I went to college together okay. and became colleagues and friends now later in life. And um, she came with me on gigs. And she was just working with me and giving me massage and doing all these things. And I mean, literally up to the point where I was walking out on stage, she was like route fixing me and everything. And she would have come with me to the Hollywood Bowl too. <laughs> but um, I know, I know she's like, ah! I know, but um, she has been a life changer and it's, it doesn't even hurt, you know, it's just like points, you know, and you hear little crackles and then I'm like, ah! you know, yeah. I got these crazy, dinos, you know, so yeah. Um, yeah, I, please, everybody, I'll, we can put up their links later
0: if yeah, you want to do that. Cause definitely. they're amazing at the, um, when we're done, I'll put links to everybody that we mentioned. And okay, um, great. If, if there's some way that people can access the warmups and stuff that you talked yeah. about too, I'd love to share okay. that with everybody okay, too. But
1: sure. I'd yeah, to that'll that. be
0: great. It's definitely something that if you are a serious singer, it's a, it's, really important to look down that road and explore it really is yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. um speaking of that have you ever experienced any kind of vocal damage or or anything like that that you've had to work back from or just no
1: no vocal damage thankfully Mm -hmm. um it was mostly just that laryngeal tension Mm -hmm. um i learned when i was in high school I was a cheerleader. And so at every football game, they asked me to sing the national anthem at the beginning of the game and the Mm -hmm. school song at the end of the game. So all of a sudden I realized I can't yell because I have to sing. So I would just be like, you know, and I'd mouth it, you know, and all of a sudden at a young age, I learned I got to protect my voice. Because even though I love cheerleading, it's super fun, it's more important that I save my voice because I'm not going to cheer the rest of my life, except I'll cheer for you. Woo! Especially Yay. when I come see the Mighty Untouchables, I'm like, yeah, you know. Okay, so <laughs> um, but I, so I learned at a young age. Um, I've never had a nodule scare. I'm really thankful for that. Mm-hmm. I've had times in my life where I'd lose my voice, but then I discovered it was due to the, um, the laryngeal tension. Yeah. And so I wasn't really losing my voice. I was just, it was so tense. All this in here was like bunched up. So my vocal cords just didn't function the way they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, very thankful that I haven't really had to deal with that. Yeah. 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 Oh,
0: it's, it's so scary to even think it about is. it. Yeah, it really yeah.
1: is. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> There's life afterwards though. I have a lot of, a handful of friends who yep. have had the surgery and then they're singing their guts out afterwards. So mm-hmm.
0: It's yeah, not as you tour. mentioned, the Rina Gupta, right? She would be your, she'd be your person. To your MC if, you're, mm-hmm. if you're in the LA area or San Diego yes. even. Yeah, she is
1: amazing. Yeah. Yes,
0: yes. Uh, well, I know that's, you know, that's definitely something that singers stress about. And, you know, not to focus too much on stress, but I mean, if we're being real here, you know, this this is a stressful time, especially if this is, is the how you make your living. Um, yeah. And, you know, people are really, um, going through the ringer with this and having to get very creative and wondering, you know, what, um, uh, what they should expect, you know, in the near future, they're looking at different avenues of, um, you know, creating income for themselves. Um, what are your thoughts on that? You you know, I, I mean, When, when you've been making your living, doing it in a live context, it's hard to think like, Oh, can I do all this, you know, online and get anywhere with it? But, um, let's just say, let's just say this, we're going to drag on quite a while longer. Yeah. Which I think it is. I think it is too. Yeah. Unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah. What, how do you, what direction do you think you'd go in?
1: Right. Well, you know, I thankfully teach at a couple of universities Mm-hmm. And so moving online with teaching has been kind of a natural flow yeah. for me. So I finished out my semester with, I don't know how many students did I have? About 30 students. And I did Zoom lessons with them. And it was amazing. Um, we finished that out. Uh, and now I'm on a new platform, which I'll put the link up on that a little bit later with my teaching. It's a phenomenal platform. So I think with teaching, it works. Mm-hmm. To a degree. I mean, I still love the one-on-one. I, I need to touch your stomach and really look down your throat and make sure, <laughs> you know, where's your tongue? How are you placing things? You know, when you're doing this with Zoom, you're like, ah, you yeah. know, <laughs> it gets a little awkward. If I'm standing up, I'm like, okay, let me show you my stomach, you know, but um, yeah. I mean, it's still doable. I know you teach online. So it's, it's a possibility. Now with uh, recording sessions, it's, a big possibility. I've been doing remote work for years. Um, But I just did a real session, which I can't tell you about who it was, but it was for something really awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there were, I think it was a choir of 30, I think. And all of us did it at home, did the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And we had to sing in another language. So they sent us, the example with our music. And thankfully I have a rockin' home studio. Mm-hmm. And so um, we I sang my part and then we sent the stems of, each of us sent our stems in and then it, it's up to the editor to put it together. And it's an amazing thing that is possible. In fact, um, again, keep going back to the big fat band that I mm-hmm. tour with. Um, during this time, Gordon wrote two songs. Because he's a writer. And so he sent it out to all of us, including me, because there was a little vocal section. And all 19 of us did our part separately and then came together and or they we brought it all together to the incomparable Tommy Vicari who put it together. And this song is amazing. And it's called The Reset which is so fun. I'll put the link up of that too. Yeah. Cause the vocal section is really trippy, but, um, anyway, so the encouraging part is it's possible. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we're all figuring out what's the pay rate for this. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, there are some limitations. The big part of it is the hang. Mm,
0: yes. You know.
1: Yeah. We're really missing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the encouraging part is that it is possible as long as composers and production companies and uh, organizations are willing to do it. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel encouraged. I also feel concerned because not exactly sure how it's going to survive, yeah. to be honest with you. So that's, that's more of the real thing. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, <laughs>
0: I, i I feel you so hard on that. I mean, I, yeah. I get it. And I, I think that, but you know what? I think that's a, a practical direction to go with this is just talking about one of the obvious steps is setting yourself up at home. And It yes. goes back to the point of yes. being a really great singer isn't enough. You've got Correct. to think about, okay, how can you advance your knowledge of technology? You cannot yes. put your head in the sand and be like, I don't know anything about microphones or computers mm-hmm. so uh, you know that's that won't cut it you know you've got it you've got to approach it and try I mean thank god for youtube I mean <laughs> no kidding. youtube university is just about yeah. everything you need these days <laughs> to set up a everything. home studio <laughs> yeah. but you've got to do it you know and just you start with start with what you have at home and then you know build it piece by piece but um tell me about your home setup
1: Okay, I have two different setups. Uh, I have one in my closet for my voiceover work, which that's been inter- interesting. That's starting to kind of take off a little bit for me, reading audiobooks and a few mm-hmm. other things, little little uh, local commercials. Uh, so I have a small studio in my closet <laughs> with um, I use my laptop and a program called Twisted Wave. Oh, and I. I uh, have a microphone and I have these cool baffles. I should have brought one down here to show you. And with the clothes in the closet and the baffles, it dampens the room really nicely. And then um, I, there was something else. Oh, I have an interface as well. Uh, focus right, which is really important as you're recording for real. Okay, mm-hmm. just you, you, you other singers out there. Um, also... I have this little tiny microphone it's a sure that I can plug into my phone for quick auditions so if I get a call from my a voiceover guy or whoever and they say hey we need to hear a quick sample of this I have that I just stick it into my phone which twisted wave is on my phone too mm-hmm. and I just go blah, 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 or whatever you know and then I can send them that real quick so they can get a feel for it mm-hmm. so that's more um, you know the casual with the phone the decent with the voiceover but then We have a real downstairs, a real setup with a Mojave mic and um, we work on Logic. I'm sorry, not Logic, um, Pro Tools and Digital Performer, full on big board. I mean, it's it's the real deal Mm -hmm. and we could have instruments in that studio as well. So I'm really fortunate with that. But what I can tell you is, my little studio, closet studio, is very, very doable for most singers, as long as your microphone and your interface are decent. Yeah. You know, Um, but um, and these days things are pretty affordable. I mean, it's not like the thousands and thousands. It's not cheap, Mm -hmm. but it's it's more uh, doable for all of us it
0: is it's affordable and it's accessible and it's so much more user-friendly now than it it ever has been i mean yeah you know i i i think if if you're a singer that doesn't have any gear yet yeah an easy place to start is to just to get yourself a usb mic just to at least experience what an up-leveled sound is like so that you can kind of become aware of the fact that these pieces do make a really radical difference in the way things sound
1: do they ever
0: yeah and then as you can just kind of start building on you know a little piece by piece and um i'm not a techno i'm not a me neither savvy person really but so if i can figure this stuff out um (laughs) Anybody can.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm right there with you, girl. Yeah. Well, part of it, too, is you want to stay uh, viable. You want to stay hireable. Yeah. And so you got to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's been pretty great to watch my colleagues who didn't have to do this step up yeah. and find a way and get their home studios working so that they can stay um, working, you know, and yeah. doing what they need to do. So yeah. it's great. You yeah.
0: mentioned... Um doing quick auditions on the fly on your phone and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, this is something that I always try to hammer on a lot is, uh, having those skills to work with people who are potentially offering you work. Um, I'd love to know what, you know, what you think of this, but I'm always one that says like, you know, respond right away, oh, right man. away, Yeah, and, you know, and respond clearly and let, yeah. let people know you want the work and that you're yeah. eager for it and that they're important to you. Um, how has that been for you in your career? How has that served you?
1: In, <laughs> well, in it's been good and bad. I mean, when I was younger, mm-hmm. I didn't respond fast enough and I lost things because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, now back in the day i'm old enough that it was pre-cell phone days you know so it was even pre-pager days Uh do you guys know what a pager is okay (laughs) you know where i'd come home and hear the messages on my voicemail you know my answering machine that is okay so um uh and it would sometimes i'd hesitate or just you know that young kind of musician who, oh, it'll be fine, whatever. So I had to learn the hard way. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I lost a few things because I delayed getting back in touch. Now, um, with email and texting and everything, it's a lot faster. And so I know how crucial it is to get in touch with somebody within a day or so. Now, with these quick auditions that I told you, this particular guy wants to hear from me like within half an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's always a little stressful but um, you just have to decide what you're willing to do and and there are a handful of people I'm like you can just wait a second I'll get to you right. and then there's other people where I understand the jingle business it's such a fast turnaround yeah. so for those guys I'm like okay 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 and I have to go find a closet or a bathroom or something and be like blah, 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 you know mm-hmm. and then I get back to them so um, but I, I learned the hard way mm-hmm. you know I, I you get in your own head or your, your own world and don't always pay attention. So I think it's great if you're giving that advice to people, because the earlier you, the earlier you learn that the more benefit you'll have from it.
0: Right. Well, and I, obviously I learned the hard way myself. So (laughs) when you you experience the pain of Losing a a gig because you called a day too late, you know, is the so worst. unfortunate and sad feeling. Yes. But yes. it's it's funny that you mentioned, you know, the days of like getting a gig on the pager. It made me think of um, the first platform that I started getting professional work from was an agency that I would call into. And they would have voice recordings of the available work, and so I'd listen to the recording once, write it down as quickly as I could, call back, and listen to the recording oh, again and write it down as quickly wow. as I could, and just keep calling back every day. <laughs> and I had oh notebooks full of people to call. And this was back when you like actually mailed um, someone your headshot, yes, yeah, yes, of yourself or tape you know
1: that's actually really good do you still have those notebooks
0: because oh, yeah. that would be funny to
1: look at yeah <laughs> oh my gosh yeah keep them yeah you'll be, be good now look what I had to do you guys Yeah, like
0: yeah. you kids have it so easy
1: <laughs> I even tell my students that I go you guys are so lucky because I made a tape as my first vocal reel and then a cd Ooh. Mm-hmm. you know but how many of the people that I handed it to they were like thanks you know or they used to to play frisbee or whatever you know so now i have a soundcloud with my 25 samples Mm -hmm. and i have a website and you know all these amazing platforms to be able to show who you are in an instant. Mm -hmm. so i think um, students are so lucky but you know what i do tell people and everybody take this don't just put up your tick tock just to put up your tick tock and don't just put up a youtube thing just to put it up there because it if it's crap it's out there it's out there you know
0: yeah
1: and for real musicians and singers who want to really have a, a thriving career do things it doesn't have to be perfect but do something that's worthwhile that shows something not just like you playing sticks, or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So really think about what you're putting out there these days. And that's one thing I don't think a lot of people think about yeah. anymore. So that's,
0: that's such a good point. And um, um, I'll just ask you this one last thing. Speaking of that, you are an incredibly versatile singer. I mean, you, um, I, I know you do all kinds of stuff. So knowing that I'm sure in your vocal reel, you've got samples of, you know, all those different things, yeah. but would, do you think now that a singer should shoot for that versatility and put all those kinds of samples out or should a singer learn to hone in on right. what they do best and stay focused?
1: Great question. Um, what I say, it depends on what you want. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be a session singer or, uh, a, kind of like the Mighty Untouchables or a band that needs the variety, then you need to have that sampling of what you're capable of doing. And if you want to do voiceover work, you want to try to get into jingles, session work, all of that, you need that variety. Now, if you want to be an artist or you want to really dig in on your sweet spot, then just um, capitalize on that. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of what you want at the heart of it. Now, for me, this is a really hard discussion because I was pushed so hard to get the variety to prove what I could do in sessions. So that's what my reel became about. But then after 10, 15 years of doing that, I had some producers go, Yeah, I know you can do it all, but what's your sweet spot? And I remember I was like, oh, Wait, anything you I I I want? <laughs> do I can do it. Yeah. And he goes, No, no. What are you really good at? And I'm like, oh, really mm-hmm. and I so I said I finally realized okay R&B and jazz R&B jazz that's kind of my sweet spot mm-hmm. with a little bit of heart like rock and roll mm-hmm. and I go basically your power female vocal so I think Shaka Khan, Ann Wilson, Celine Dion mm-hmm. and he went okay mm-hmm. I said so there you go does that help you and he goes yeah I go but if you need a classical voice I can do that too <laughs> <laughs> you <know>? it's ridiculous <laughs> and he goes well can you sing celtic yes. yes you know so the problem is as a freelance musician i i want the work you know but i understand that they want to hire the strongest people for the particular style mm-hmm. um so there i that didn't answer your question at all yeah
0: it does <laughs> and and i just think it's another one of those things to learn as singers is that um there's not one avenue in singing. I mean, there are so many roads that you can walk down with this Mm -hmm. and, you know, take a peek down each road and see what really, you know, what charges you up, what feels good to you. And then, um, then really, then really make a commitment to it, you know, once you've decided that way. Right. But, um, anyway, I, Thank you so much for taking the time to do this and your willingness and you're just so, you know, generous with all your